Tweak and Geek, episode 34. Recorded live in a package of Pepperidge Farm Tim Tams, which the packaging friend helpfully tells us is Australia's favorite cookie. <laughs> That's what it says right here. I believe you. I just couldn't stop laughing. They might be Australia's favorite. They're pretty good. Um, I think I gained 17 pounds. Is that that new dev diet? Uh, yes, it is. No, no. Actually, this is why I keep failing at game dev diet. Pepperidge Farm, Australian for cookie. <laughs> so, so here we are in in uh, downtown Canberra. <laughs> I, th- this is your host, Craig. This is another host, Pat. This is another host, Mike. This is a uh, sometimes guest host, Rudy. Bonjour. And we got we've got a sausage fest going on here. What's up with that? They like Pepperidge Farm sausage. Do they make sausage? I, th- I thought that was like Hickory Farms. Oh, everything. Hickory Farms. Oh, Hickory Farms is is the red-headed stepsister of Pepperidge Farms. <laughs> so, so Pat, sounds like Lori may have caught your woman pox. <laughs> yeah, uh, Lori decided that she is not interested in Windows 7. Ooh. So, well, that's a shame. That that must be some very subtle foreshadowing that we're going to talk about Windows 7 today. You know, anyone who's already clicked on the podcast probably saw Windows 7 somewhere in the title. Do you want to hear something really totally awesome? That no. no. Do, do we have a choice? That no matter how you, no matter how you count, you can never ever come up with a way that Windows 7 is actually the seventh version of Windows. That is that is true. So it's really Windows 3.12. Hey, do you, hey, do you think the four of us can each come up with a different way to count them? No, yeah. actually, I'm, I'm going to argue with you here because I, was, I had the beta of Windows 2000 back when it was Windows NT5. Okay. And so then XP would have been 6. And Vista, Vista would, have, would have been no, 7. Vista doesn't count. Whatever. Do not even go there because you, know, you like Vista too, so don't even go there. It is a I'm quick- not a Vista hater, but I will discount it because it just didn't amount to much. Re- reference. Actually, so, so maybe, maybe Vista was 7 and 7 is like 7.1. But they, you never you never advertise a program by its point name. You always advertise it by the you know whole name. So what about Windows three point one? There's that. <laughs> I, I'm trying to help out Pat's argument here. Okay, you, I give up. You you, you're right. There is no way in which Windows seven is the seventh anything. You didn't count Windows me in there. Oh yeah. <laughs> why? Why would? Hey, I? Did, has anybody actually used that? I did for a it while. It was awful. I did too, and I thought I was the only one, but yeah, that sucked. It, it came pre-installed on a gateway I purchased, and um, yeah, it was it was not good. Yeah, it, it really had a lot of problems. I mean, it's it's fun and easy to crap on Windows, but Windows ME was, like, as much as people like to rip on Vista, Windows ME actually worked very badly. What was but, the deal with I'm, it? So they were never supposed to make it, right? It was based on the 9X kernel, which was supposedly done after 98. But it was so bad that they redid 98 after ME, I think. Yeah, because they had 98 second edition. No, no, that came before ME. But it was, it? Oh, so everyone pretended yeah. ME didn't exist in favor of 98. So uh-huh. See, here's, here's my theory. Uh, Windows, Windows 2000 would have been a really cool release to have, and it would have, you know... Meshed up nicely with the 95-98 naming scheme, but they didn't have XP ready yet. So they were just like, uh, let's just take the latest build of you know 98 and rebadge it ME and sell that. 
And the funny thing was that 2000 was already out, and it was far superior. But 2000 was never meant to be a consumer version. That was a server OS. It'd be oh, like which point confused the hell out of everybody. Yeah, because everyone's like, "Yay, I'm going to use that." And, you know, Windows 2000. I'm like, "No." So we're here, at Windows 7, and we all have Windows 7 now. Hooray! So Absolutely. who's who's running what version? I have uh, the 32-bit of Windows 7 Pro. All right, I'm 64-bit Ultimate. I'm 32-bit Ultimate. I'm 32-bit Ultimate also. So it's really funny that I'm on 64-bit Ultimate because I only have 2 gigs of RAM. It's just that I I, I like to pretend I'm going to buy more someday. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Speaking of which, I was at a Fry's that I'm not going to name. Uh, oh, whoops. And I was, I was shopping for uh, some upgrades for Windows 7, and uh, I was over at the RAM display, and the guy was trying to convince me that um, PC3200 RAM has never come in 2 gig sticks. <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's funny. I was pricing it yesterday. Um, maybe you don't have it. I'm fine with that. It's a little older RAM, and it's maybe not worth shelf space, but... Uh, yeah, he was like, no, they only made one gig sticks of that. That guy, that guy time traveled forward. He's a little behind. <laughs> Interesting. He just crawled out of the basement. However, so, after, after pricing it at two gigs a stick, I'm going to go with, uh, I am going to upgrade, but only to four gigs. Um, that's all the slots I have, and one gig sticks are much cheaper. Uh, so so we, we brought up the versions, and I just thought we should take a minute to talk about that. Um it's very, it's very cool, I think, that Windows 7 changed Vista's versioning in that every next version is actually a superset of the smaller version. So before, if you wanted a certain feature, if you sometimes if you went from, like say, home premium to business, you would lose features and gain others. But then if you bumped up to professional, you would lose some features from business, but get some back from home premium and all that. So they made it now so that each more expensive version has all the features of the less expensive versions below it. Mike, after this, can can you go draw us a Venn diagram? Wow. Sure. <laughs> so uh, that is that is really cool about this. I, I have to admit, um, I lucked into my copy of Ultimate, and uh, a friend hooked me up with a retail box. Um, I wouldn't have gone with it on my own because I don't know that the features that ultimate ads really help me. I can quickly switch between like 30 some odd languages. Yay. So when I, when I want to operate my computer in Korean, I can do it. Oh, when you have your Korean buddies over. Yeah. Yeah. Then they log into your guest account. (laughs) Absolutely. So how did you guys install it? Did did anybody do a fresh install? Did anyone upgrade? Because I've been listening to a podcast called Windows Weekly, and about 90% of it is them talking about, like for like the past four podcasts, is talking about the upgrade process to Windows 7 because there's about a 1,000 permutations of it. So how did you guys go from – what was your previous operating system, and how did you get to Windows 7? I did XP and clean install. So you just wiped it out and started fresh? I installed it on a different drive. Actually, I technically I ghosted my old drive over and then installed on that, that drive, and then the ghosted drive became a different drive. Okay. Yeah, I went for a clean install, although it wasn't my, my first attempt. My, uh, machine, my machine died as a result of a lightning strike a couple of weeks ago. Whoops. Although I didn't 
Didn't realize it was completely dead. First, I thought it was a video card. Then maybe it was the drives were having issues. And finally, I just got tired of replacing it part by part and built a new system. So I went for the whole clean install, new drive, new motherboard, everything. Awesome. All right. Well, I I was coming from WinXP 64-bit, which I think is codenamed uh, Satan. Huh. Um, it's possibly the single worst technological choice I've ever made. Um, so I gleefully formatted and reinstalled uh, after moving all my data to an external drive. And we should know you can't upgrade from XP, right? Correct. XP yeah. to Windows 7 must be a full install. Well, I, I went from Vista Ultimate to to Windows 7 Ultimate, and all I did was download the ISO, extract it, and uh, I did a uh, an upgrade, uh, like an in-place upgrade. And I have to tell you, and the reason I kind of wanted to bring this up is to say that, it, you know, it took a few hours because it basically checked every single piece of software and it made recommendations and blah, blah, blah. But the fact of the matter is it was probably the least painful experience ever. Oh. Did you guys uh, who did the clean installs run the upgrade advisor? Nope, I did not. So w- Microsoft had an upgrade advisor. They did. Yes. Um, which would walk all your software and all that and see, you know, is it, were you okay to upgrade and all that? Um, it was actually wrong in a lot of cases for me, and it was pes- it was wrong in the pessimistic direction, which is, you know, better than sure you can run Windows Seven. Oops, except for your motherboard. Um, <laughs> you you know, I, so you guys who did the clean install, this was the fastest OS install I think I've ever done. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Was, yeah. It was under an hour from bare bones to running. Yeah, it was uh, it was extremely fast. It was very nice not having to deal with the issues of XP1 with only have it, what was it, 120 gig was the maximum partition you could do on SP1? Jeez, I was don't even that remember. that big? Yeah. It was like 120. Yeah, not having that issue was, I mean, it's, it's one little feature, but man, that was huge. Yeah. So did you guys have any trouble? None at all. Wow. Yeah, I had no it, trouble either. So I had trouble, nope. but it was totally my fault. Um, so you tried to install machine- it on your iPhone. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the way I have my machine configured, uh, it's a little bit older hardware. So I have a 10k RPM hard drive that I like to use for my OS, um, but it's only 36 gigs because back when I bought it, that was really expensive. Um, they're still not cheap, by the way. Um, and then I have a larger, like 150 gig, 7200 RPM drive. So I try to put all my uh, documents and software on my what's my e drive and i installed the os to my c drive um so i cleverly jumped into red registry editor as soon as i had windows 7 installed and changed like my program files path and all that stuff uh, in the registry and i typoed something and windows forgot that dot exe files can be run (laughs) (laughs) Um, the really hard thing here is that a registry editor is a dot exe file so Oops. fixing it would have been really challenging. How did you fix it? Um, fortunately, I just hit a system restore point and rolled back. You know, an hour of patching and. Is it system all. restore in exe? Uh, no, but you hit. You can hit system restore from safe mode or from. Yeah. Uh, I booted from CD and said roll back to my last restore point. So totally my fault. The only problem I encountered so far. Um, and I so, can't, actually I and I have one piece of hardware I can't operate. That's my webcam. Why? Uh, it's not compatible. Oh. That's a real so, 
That's a really old, crappy webcam. That's the first compatibility issue I've heard of with Windows 7. So I did not have to install a single driver directly. Windows handled all of it. Video, uh, physics card, um, my my Wacom tablet installed the driver automatically. I mean, I had to do nothing on my own. Sorry, I had to install the drivers for my uh, the mouse and keyboard that I have. Uh, I have do you a have a PS2 mouse or not a PS2? Yeah. I was just say a, a, a serial mouse. <laughs> they're, both, they're both USB. I've got uh, they're both Logitech. The keyboard's a G15. It's one of the backlit keyboards, and the, the mouse is a G5. Uh, both of them. I mean, so you just make, needed it for the special functionality of those. Correct. Yeah. Yeah, not using any of my special fun. I have a Logitech DeNovo Bluetooth keyboard and mouse, and that just worked out of box. So, Pat, your story kind of reminded me. I actually did have one issue, and, Craig, this will be your second compatibility issue you've heard of. Um, I have a rather antiquated machine myself. I built it, like, seven years ago, and I have a RAID set up, which I like to run my operating system off of, and they haven't updated the RAID driver uh, even for Vista, so Windows would install to it, but it wasn't able to rewrite the master boot record, and therefore it would like the in- installation would fail. Um, I ended up installing it on another drive and then ghosting it over to my RAID drive, and it, it works fine that way. But I did run into that snafu what, during install. Hmm. Ouch! So luck- luckily, it you know because you can still install the driver anyway. Um, it just wasn't able to, to do that one thing. So it runs fine. It just as long as I don't have to ever write to the MBR, I'll be okay. And uh, Rudy tipped me off to something that made my install go a little bit faster. Uh, did you want to talk about that, Rudy? You're talking about the uh, Ninite Yeah, software? Yeah, that was yeah. great. Yeah, I, there's a, I, I put the, uh, the link in the show notes, but it's, there's an install tool called Ninite. And basically, it's uh, you go to the website and you go and select all the freeware apps that you use, like Firefox, Chrome, Skype, uh, Google Messenger, Pigeon, any of them. And there's a, a whole slew of Ooh, options to choose wow. from. It's a huge list. It, it must have been 80% of the freeware I usually install. Absolutely. That you, is awesome. You get the install. Google has a desktop client? <laughs> I just saw that, too. <laughs> they do. It's this very cool. awesome. Holy mackerel. It downloads a little small EXE to your desktop, and then when you launch that, it goes out and pulls the installs uh, of all these apps and installs them, and it does it without installing any toolbars or anything like that. Nice. So it does put the shortcuts on the desktop, but that's easy to clean up. But it was, I set that up, walked away, came back like an hour later, and everything but iTunes installed. iTunes was the only thing it glitched on me on. You know, a funny thing, it said uh, when I did the upgrade, it said that you're going to have to reinstall iTunes, and I didn't have to reinstall iTunes. It's like you must uninstall because it's not compatible with the upgrade. Let's just say it installed perfectly just because, wow, you know, whatever. But anyway, this is – I've never even heard of some of these things, and now I want to install them all. So, <laughs> so this um, – I mean, What's like it? most Windows users, I rebuild probably every two years or so. Um, this is the first uh, rebuild where I've really used online distribution heavily. Um, so the first uh, the first stuff I reinstalled, like uh, I'm a gamer, so I put Steam on this machine. What's that? And so um, Steam is a uh, it's an o- an online store basically um, to distribute all sorts of games. Um, but any game you've purchased on Steam, you just authenticate with your username and password, and uh, 
you get uh, access to all your games that, that you're authorized for. Um, so I just like clicked, you know, install these bunch of games. Um, and Blizzard, who does World of Warcraft, has done the same thing with all of their older games. So once you register them on their site, you can just download an installer from anywhere. So that was really cool. cool. I basically clicked a bunch of stuff, said install it, and overnight I had all my games back. Yeah, and you can install Steam right off of this uh, Ninite tool. Yeah. Oh, you can? Nice. Where? Yeah, yeah Steam, Steam's right one there. of the options down there, right, right. under Dropbox. Oh, right there. Cool. Oh, jeez. Oh, Dropbox. <laughs> What's that? I've heard about Is that the, it's like online file storage, right? It, it's, uh, it's, it's a way to synchronize files between machines. It's a two gig free, free account, and it just shows up like a folder on your desktop, but I've got it synced between this and my macbook in my work laptop and there's some files that i just drop them in there and they it just keeps them synchronized it's a four gig free account if you get two usernames <laughs> <laughs> what's bump top not tried that one so anyway there's a ton of apps at nine eight um yeah. so yeah every- let's stop craig before he Ooh, three three d <laughs> desktop enhancement i want bump top gosh look at okay, that so oh. everyone's been running this for what a week two weeks Something like that. Several yeah. months. Since Halloween. So uh, what does everyone Spooky. like and dislike about Windows 7? It's pretty. Okay. It is pretty. I, uh, okay, moving right I along. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I like the uh, – one of the things for me, I take a lot of screenshots um, for capturing errors and things like that. And the built-in snipping tool. Mm. It's very handy. Uh, works just like the Mac does. In fact, I uh, I dropped a an image I took while we were chatting earlier about the with the Windows family tree down below in the show notes using the the snipping tool. It's, oh, nice! It's nice just to have that built in and not have to have it use GIMP or something like some other yet another tool to go out and take screenshots. Cool. So that's it's nice that little things like that are finally getting in there. Cool. Does anybody else like anything else? Well, I'll tell you what I like. Oh, you tell us what you like, Mike, because I know you like something. Uh, you can go first. You know you want to. I, I do. Well, I I, I like everything. Uh, well, I, I I do like five. <laughs> well, all right. One of the things I, I like the uh, the the UI enhancements because I like Vista anyway. You know, I I've always been a Vista fanboy, but uh, I I like the kind of the UI enhancements. One of the things I think is kind of cool is the uh, shake to minimize. I don't know. if Have you guys used that? I did, I did, I did yeah. when you listed it. I was like, yeah, shake to minimize? What do you mean? You shake a window, and it minimizes all the other windows. And then when you shake it again, it brings them back. See, I'm demonstrating. Right you, you know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can so, see. So no, Michael can see Craig doing this. No. no, when Craig wrote this, I actually tried it, and I, I thought, this is stupid. It doesn't minimize anything. But the window I did it on was maximized, so all the windows, <laughs> I didn't realize they were popping into and out of existence, but uh, eventually I figured it out. I don't find that particular feature terribly useful unless you have, like, a tablet kind of thing going on. Like, <laughs> he's still abusing himself. No. With shake. He's shaking it up over there. Uh, another thing that is really cool, uh, kind of related to that, is the snapping to the snapping that or the yeah. you know snap to you like snap to the top of the screen because Chrome has had that in a while uh, for a while where you can just kind of like make it maximized. So one of the things it's great you can just like 
especially if you have two monitors, you can grab it, grab a window off one monitor and snap it to the other one. You don't have to like restore it, move it and maximize it. And for those of you listening from home, what Craig's doing is just grabbing the title bar up to the top of the screen and it automatically maximizes it on that screen. And if he drags it to his other monitor, it does the same thing. The other cool thing about that is if you drag it to the left or the right side of the screen, it'll dock that window to that side of the screen uh, exactly. and, and make it fill up half the screen. So if you want to easily put two programs side by side, you just drag them to either side of the uh, monitor and sets it up for you. So I really like the docking. The other thing they added to the docking is uh, shortcut keys. So if you hold Windows and hit left or right left arrow, or right. Yep. Um, you'll dock to the side or move to the center. Um, and so you can do that very quickly. And also Windows up and down are minimized and maximized. Which is also very cool. And yeah, so window- if, you're, if you're like me and you usually have 8,000 windows open, it's really nice. And the very best thing, Windows Shift left and right will move your will move your window to the other monitor, which is something I have thought was awesome. I'm also you're, demonstrating that you're, again. You're making me really jealous because I no longer ha- well, uh, I, I have two monitors at work, but not at home. Oh, and I, I really miss having two monitors. Oh, oh that's awesome. that is cool. Windows Shift. And left or right, and it moves it. I know that's something that if you have two monitors, it's always like it's you know oh I want to put it on the other monitor, and now you can just go boop, there it is. I, I wish nice. I isn't you that have nice? To make that noise too. Yeah, it is. Boop. Oops. Boop. <laughs> so, so a couple other new uh, enhancements that are really cool are the uh, the arrow peak. So if you have a bunch of programs running and you hover your mouse over that program in the taskbar. It gives you like a little thumbnail preview of it. Which is really awesome when oh. a single program has multiple windows. Yes. Right. And it's supposedly a live preview of it. So if you have like a status bar that's, you know, like a progress bar that's going, you can see, oh, it's at 80% now or what have you. Um, and while we're talking about the taskbar, I absolutely love the, the new taskbar because it takes all the best features of the old quick launch bar and makes them actually... I don't know, useful uh, in that any program that you have, you can dock it right to the, or you can uh, pin it right to the taskbar, and it'll stay there. Um, so you kind of launch programs in place. You just click on it, the program opens up. And before you used to have the, you'd have like the icon, and then you'd have the text saying, okay, I'm program name, and then a little dash, and then I'm the first three characters of the document name, which is completely useless to you. So, since all that text is useless, they just got rid of it, and now you just have the icons themselves. So you can store a whole lot more on your taskbar without making it double high or what have you. So yeah, um, it, so I really feel like the taskbar—they kind of stole a page from OS 10 um, with absolutely. the dock. But I, I actually like the taskbar more than the dock. Um, Arrow Peak. Have you noticed, by the way, it's got some contextual awareness? Yes. So, yes. for instance, if you have iTunes or Media Player open and you arrow peak that window, you'll have little micro uh, play controls um, yes. in, yep. in the peak window, which is just awesome. You will? And actually, yeah, and if you arrow peak uh, an iTunes while it's playing, on top of the peak, it'll actually give you the like the song and the artist and the track. How come I'm not getting... Uh, so I've got arrow peak here. Why am I not getting any micro play? Okay, so fire up iTunes and start playing something. Oh, okay. And if, and if you have an app that's got multiple windows, when it pulls up the... Oh, yeah. The peak, and you hover, and you move up, and hover over those. It'll highlight those on the desktop. So if you your desktop is cluttered, no. it's no. nice. I'm playing something, but where's my arrow peak? 
I don't have All right, Craig, we'll fix you later. So uh, Rudy and I will never condone the use of Internet Explorer. However, we should point out that if you are using Internet Explorer, your different tabs will show up in the Arrow Peak uh, as different thumbnails. And it's my understanding that that will work later on in Firefox. So that's something really cool. Nice. Ah. Huh. What about – all right, so I have a question. There's this new thing down in the right-hand part of the taskbar, which is the uh, show desktop button. You know. Yeah, I love this thing. Well, and that's cool because it used to be something that was in your quick launch bar. But if you just hover over it, it just – all it does is make all your windows disappear so you can see the desktop and with, like, little outlines of the windows. Yeah, yeah it makes them transparent. So what's – the point of that. Oh, that's cool. Okay, so there's so I can think of two good uses for this. So, Craig, if you look, if you're running gadgets, you know, and you want to see like your stock quote that's on your desktop, you just hover over that okay. and you see your stock quote and you leave. Good point. The other thing is like say you're in a program and you're like, "Oh, did I have that file on the desktop?" You can you can peek at it using that little button in the lower right-hand corner, and if it's there and you decide you want to drag it into your program, if you click on that button, it actually minimizes all of your windows and then you can go and do that. Um, or if you just have a couple of things you want to do on your desktop, you, you know, you minimize them all, and then if you click on that button again, it brings all your windows back. Aha. Uh-huh. So it's it's way better than that link that used to be on the quick launch, which would just show your desktop. Like, oh, okay, that's interesting. Like that one. Boop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually, one thing I have to say about, everyone, we're all kind of pooping on the, the quick launch, but... I mean, personally, I like the quick launch, and I didn't want to fill up my taskbar with a bunch of stuff. Uh, to get your quick launch back, you, there's actually a little hack you have to do. Uh, I think it's, I think it's a registry, it's a registry, ha- or it's something. I, I can't remember what it is, but to get your quick launch back. But if you upgrade, it'll still be there from Windows Vista. So because uh, I always, I loved the quick launch bar, and I still do, and maybe I'll get rid of it at some point. But uh, to get it to show on that little list of things that you have, it is. First- I was going to say, personally, I hate the quick launch, um, but what I do is, so I have all the programs that I use on a semi-regular basis pinned to my taskbar, and then any of the other programs that I might use, I have pinned to my start menu, so that kind of serves as like what you're using the quick launch uh-huh. for, So, and I didn't have to hack anything to get there, which I, I'm not against hacking, but the less hacking, typically the better. Yeah, yeah, the more stable. And I, I've really got to say that... Uh, the, the whole interface is gorgeous. I mean, even the little touches, like if you click an icon to launch an app from your taskbar, you get this little, like, LCD squish effect with the actual color um, yes. of the icon and all that. I mean, it's it's really slick this time around. Yeah. yeah the eye candy is nice. Before we get away from the, system, the, uh, the taskbar, the other cool thing about the Windows, I don't know if you found, is if you grab the bottom right or left corner of a window that's not maximized and drag it down to the taskbar, it'll just it won't make it wider, but it'll stretch it all the way to the top of the screen. So it's kind of not quite a maximize, but oh, let me try that. Oh, interesting! Wow. Oh, that is cool. And then if you adjust it just slightly, it'll go back to where it was previously. That is very neat. Cool. Wow. So, so do we have any uh, dislikes on uh, Windows 7? Um, so this isn't really Windows 7 specific. It's without a widescreen monitor or two monitors. I really don't want to use the sidebar, so I, I don't. I hate the you sidebar. You mean the gadget sidebar? Yeah. So you, I guess you don't need that anymore. You can put the gadgets wherever you want. Huh. Yeah, you can. But I hate the sidebar. I, I just 
don't like things in my field of view. I, I don't. I never liked the sidebar, and I continue to not like it. And I hate the. Well, I was going to say that's why I like the new desktop peak thing in the in the lower right hand corner because you can leave your gadgets on the desktop and only look at them when you want to. I don't like to ever look at them. <laughs> but, but for those of us who do, I don't like good things. <laughs> so, so I. Uh, there's not many things I don't like. I, I guess uh, some of the default applications still disappoint me, like Paint and Notepad. Um, I do a lot of uh, web developing where I'm pulling files up and down through FTP, and every once in a while, Notepad starts seeing line breaks, like carriage returns, as the little squares, just because it's, I guess, every other text editor out there interprets those correctly, but Notepad, and it seems to me that would be an easy thing to... Notepad is horrible. Don't yeah, don't yeah. use Notepad. Use context or use no, Notepad plus uh, plus. Right, but I'm yeah. just saying uh-huh. I'm just saying it comes with Windows. It's just very sad that you have to go get another program instead of just using the one that's there if you want a basic text editor. Yeah, but you remember all the crap they took around bundling Internet Explorer. Can you imagine if if they put a reasonably good text editor in? All the text editor writers would be like, "We need to sue them for antitrust." Uh, I guess you raise a good point, but on the other hand, Notepad's been in there forever, so they could reasonably say, "Look, we were first to the game." <laughs> That's true. So, and the other thing is, Microsoft Paint still sucks, and is no excuse for a, a graphics editor. It's better though; it has the ribbon now. The ribbon is pretty, but I mean, there's still no anti-aliasing anywhere in the program whatsoever. If you draw a line, it's having jagged edges everywhere. So. I'm not, if you're using, if you're going to use anything, use Paint.net. Yeah, Paint.net yeah. is far better. So again, I mean, so like Windows, like if you go get a Mac, it comes with all these programs that allows you to edit photos and to you know do all these things like natively. And Windows native programs aren't even close. So you know, Windows and Mac seem to compete with each other, and I think Windows falls behind in that department. Oh, but at least you get the more of an option. I mean, you pay a premium on those Macs for the same hardware and for that, you know, similar equipment. It's a, they're a lot more expensive. Yeah, that is true. Good point. So, but like, but like I said, it's a very, very small gripe in comparison to all the, all the huge uh, benefits. So you just need to bundle the, the Ninite with it and you can get paint.net. And there you go. Yeah. <laughs> no pad plus 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 right, right out the gate. So rad. Any other uh, dislikes? No, I'm I'm actually surprisingly happy with it. See, that's the first time that you know Microsoft came out with a an operating system that's not lame. That and that it would not qualify as lamest news of the week. So lame news. Who's going first? <laughs> Craig, you're first on the list. I'm always first on the list. All right, I'll, I'll tell you. All right, let's go backwards. Rudy, you're first. Guess, guess first. All right. Age before beauty, ladies first. There we go. Wow, I might be the oldest. I don't know. <laughs> the the um, well, I found one that in Chicago, they uh, the cops arrested a, a, a man who was uh, shoplifting champagne again. This was the 63rd time they had arrested him. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And it didn't say whether it was the same store or not, but it's you know, the guy's 70 years old, and he, apparently he just really likes his champagne. Why didn't he just buy it? It was $135. Yeah, 
Yeah, oh, I'm not okay. sure food stamps covers that. I, yeah. you, know, you don't. Maybe he was giving it to orphans. Oh, well, see, bastard orphans don't maybe, deserve champagne. Maybe. maybe he knew that the death, death penalty isn't enacted until you reach the square root of forty ninety six. Well, that's all right. That's very lame. He's he's a very lame person. So, Mike, what's your news? Uh, so my news is just about Nvidia and Intel are kind of somewhat competing in the graphics segment in which Intel has these integrated graphics chipsets and NVIDIA's also tried to enter that market and they're always, I guess, taking pot shots at each other. Well, NVIDIA recently uh, made a website which I've linked to in the show notes where they just have a bunch of political cartoons poking fun at Intel and some of their various foibles from recent times. I just thought that was a rather overt and kind of lame attempt to steal graphics market share from Intel. I mean, who's really going to say, oh, I saw these political cartoons. I guess I'll go with NVIDIA. <laughs> and frankly, who's ever laughed at a political cartoon? Seriously. The, the, I was going to say, do I need to hang my head in shame right now? <laughs> yeah, I've laughed at him. <laughs> so that's my lame, lame news. I laugh yeah, at so, people who laugh at them. So <laughs> the, the interesting thing there is that uh, Intel is blocking NVIDIA from working with their new um, chipset. So Actually... Yeah, Intel's blocking a number of things, from what I understand. But yeah, I think Intel is. There's a rumor that Nvidia is going to make like 386 processors. I'm sorry, x86 processors, and uh, Intel's claiming that they can't, and Nvidia's claiming that they can. And yeah, anyhow, blah, they're blah, uh, blah. they're fighting. Wow, working out. Something tells me that this isn't going to end with AMD ruling the world. No, it's unlikely right now. This is better than the there's a map for that ad. Well, have you guys this seen, is, the, I know this is kind of a diversion, have you guys seen the new iPhone ad where an iPhone ends up on the island of misfit toys? No. 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 Oh, yeah. Uh, Verizon is gunning for AT&T. So they're like between, yeah, we've got Droid and we've got a way better 3G network and the iPhone ends up on the island of misfit toys. They, you got a link to that. On, yeah, so I'll make sure there's a link to the island of misfit toys, but it's it's pretty funny. Excellent. Uh, so I'm going to go next because no one's calling me. All right. Um, so my lame news is, you know, how, uh, Ken Lewis stepped down from being president of Bank of America. Last name foul. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think public officials, you can use their name. Oh, that Ken Lewis. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, the one who, what, who's, uh, currently, you know, president of Bank of America, he's going to step down at the end of the year. Um, and nobody wants the job. They're having a really hard time filling it, which is kind of funny. Cause, I mean, it's whatever trouble they've had. It's, you know, president of Bank of America. It sounds kind of cool, but maybe Ken Lewis wants that job. That's right. You are going to go bleep some of those Lewises, right? Which is really funny. How can I? They're all the same name. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that's my lame news. So Ken Lewis is going to the island of misfit toys. Yes. The Island of Misfit CEOs. So, Craig, what's your news? And you can only have one this week. You I only have one. And this is about... Um, it's worth two, though. This is a good one. <laughs> right, so the headline reads, Baguette-toting bird stalls Atom Smasher. <laughs> so a bird 
carrying a piece of baguette over the Large Hadron Collider, dropped that piece of baguette, which caused a short circuit on some of the out- outdoor mechanism. And uh, they said that it would have caused the LHC, were it actually running, to go into shutdown mode. So uh, basically, there's just like, it's, this is lame on so many in so many uh, different uh, dimensions. First of all, that basically the French uh, have successfully found the weakness of the Large Hadron Collider <laughs> and will save the world. So when they start it up, they'll just send a fleet of baguette-carrying birds over the uh, <laughs> over the collider. Also, uh, I'm not sure who designed the Large Hadron Collider, but whoever decided to put sensitive electronics outside where it's exposed to bird you know bird refuse and not to mention rain rain <laughs> that's a very good point if, if, if a piece of bread actually shorted out <laughs> the lhc can you imagine what like a few hundred gallons of water would do so this is just like i don't know i just thought this was delightful so it's but the fact that it was a baguette and not like you know i guess if like yeah, i don't know it just i loved it what if it had been a crumpet? Or, or a croissant. <laughs> a croissant. Croissant? <laughs> ah, oui. The and, scone might have done more damage. Those things are pretty dense. Yeah, so I think Craig's news wins. Yeah, Craig's news definitely wins. Okay, can I can I give you my uh, uh, my French headline? I made up a French headline for this. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. He's sneaking in a second entry. No, it's not an entry. He's just doing it in a lame language to guarantee his victory. Oh, mon dieu, le oiseau a passé le pain sur le LHC. I didn't hear the word baguette in there. No, it, it, it says, oh my goodness, or oh my god, a bird dropped bread on the LHC. I want, I want you to say that in French, but have bread say... Oh, mon dieu, le oiseau a baisé une baguette sur le LHC. All right, now you win. Okay. Wow. <laughs> Craig, you're so French. Oh, no, I, I, I bathe every now and then. <laughs> oh, burn. No, burn. it's a French, not orphan. Oh, okay. Oh, what about a French orphan? Help me, sir. May I use your shower? <laughs> <laughs> no, we don't have one strong enough for you, filthy orphan. But I have some baguette. May I have some more? Okay. Can I have a baguette? No, the bird's going to use it to deactivate the LHC. Get out of here. <laughs> All right, so since it's time to wrap up, I think uh, I would like to use my shout-out now. I feel like I'm on Millionaire. I'd like to phone a friend. So my is shout-out is... final answer? My shout-out is to Craig for uh, returning my wallet, which I left here a couple oh, of weeks yes. ago <laughs> during our last recording. So I appreciate that. It might have been a little lighter when you got it back. <laughs> I actually, uh, I, I was going to joke with him that, hey, where's the other $380 I had in here? But uh, I think he beat me to the punch somehow. <laughs> Unfortunately, there was a, a bad side effect of that because Mike came and got the his wallet after work, which is like, you know, 6.15 or whatever. And so ever since then, I've been waking up at like 6.15 in the morning, So, <laughs> which is good because now I go to work earlier and, and, and contribute to the productivity of America. But, uh, you know. So yeah. so, yeah, I'm on break at 9 p.m. I've got three voicemails from Craig, my wife, and Craig again. Yes. I've got several emails, Facebook messages, all telling me that my wallet is at Craig's house. So I call Craig, and I say, yeah, I'll be by at 6 a.m. to pick it up, joking. And Craig's like, okay. I was like, no, dude, dude I, I was just joking. He's like, no, no, really. Yeah, call me. Uh, it'll make sure that I'm awake. 
because I have to go to work early or something. And I'm like, no, seriously, it's fine. It can wait. No, 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 please. All right. Greg just used Microsoft Paint to draw Mike. (laughs) (laughs) I've had it up there for like ever. (laughs) I would would like to point out that it is not anti-alias. Mike is a hiney. Did he use the new ribbon? He did use the new ribbon. Outstanding. Is he going to post that in the notes? <laughs> well, well, Not with me holding this nine millimeter to his head. <laughs> all right. Well, anyway. All right. So everybody call us at 678-999-6321. Email us at tg at tweakinggeek.com. Join our Facebook group and uh, find us on Frapper Maps. <laughs> all right. This podcast is over. Anybody else who says anything will be summarily executed. Insert lamest news. Insert bumper here. (laughs) Bump, 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 bump. (laughs) That was really slick. That was my tuba. (laughs) Your tuba sucks. I I don't like the death penalty. I like the life penalty.